0: Hey, welcome back to Season 3 of Pigeon Hockey, a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. This is Chris, and today's co-host, Stephen Heath.
1: How's it going, hockey fans?
0: What's up, guys? And this is the third edition of Goals Against Average, where we keep the conversation in the crease and talk about, and with fellow netminders, about all and anything goaltending. On this episode, we want to welcome our special guest, pro netminder for the FPHL's Mississippi Sea Wolves, Blake Wyrick Blake, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks for jumping on. Uh, we've we've been talking about your um your organization now for a while because uh, you're the founder of uh, One Puck at a Time, and we'll get into that later in the podcast. But we've had uh our co-host Heath; he's a big part of that organization, and he's brought it up several times on this podcast. So it's it's really awesome to have you on, man.
2: Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. Heath's uh, he's done a lot of great stuff for for the organization, just the hockey hockey community in general. So uh yeah it's it's a pleasure and honor to be on here with you guys.
0: No, it's awesome having you on and and you had to suffer through of all of us I think talking for about well our typical <laughs> 20 minute conversation before a podcast. <laughs> and uh and Steve started to go off on some of the things uh he was dealing with. In fact um the whole banana hammock situation I think <laughs> was the first thing you had to hear. Uh, when you jumped on the recording.
1: Uh, yeah, I call that or... mental caffeine, boys. It'll get you pumped up and going.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing like being baptized by fire. So <laughs> <laughs> Polar bear fire.
0: Yeah, and I'm also <laughs> testing out a new mic on this podcast, boys. So if I like it, I will keep it. But if I don't, it will be going back to the store. So listeners, if you don't like the sound quality or you think it's amazing, let me know uh it's definitely an improvement i think on what i had but in terms of the cost for it on the improvement i don't think it's quite there so i won't name the the company of it yet unless i decide to keep it it because the sound quality is amazing but i'll be traveling a lot over the next three months so i need a i need a headset mic setup that's a little bit more conducive for me you know recording out of slovenia or germany or svalbard so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this thing needs to be mobile with me. So Blake,
1: right. tell us a little bit yeah. about yourself and your hockey life, my friend.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm originally,
2: I'm a West Coast guy. So um, I'm originally from. Was born in Los Angeles. Grew up, you know, playing hockey in Southern California. Um, at the time, wasn't a whole lot of hockey out here, but the community was super tight knit. And uh, so yeah, I started out in roller hockey, like a lo- like a lot of you know West Coast kids, and um, eventually moved into ice hockey in in Oxnard, California. And, uh, and kind of played, you know, local for, for a couple of years until I got to Banum And then I left to go play uh, at Shattuck St. Mary's for a couple of years. And um, after that, I was I was fortunate enough to go play for the National Team Development Program in, in Michigan for a couple of years. And uh, and that kind of led me on to playing in the USHL and the NHL for a couple more years. And then played college hockey at Canisius and, and Lakehead University and then, uh, you know, turned pro. And. I've been doing that ever since, and uh, yeah, so that's pretty much, long story short, you know, my life's pretty much just been hockey, but that's the way I like it, so.
0: I think yeah, that's no the way envy. we all like it. Yes, we yes. say, <laughs> yes. no, yes. no envy over here, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, especially, especially with, as, um. As Chris and I desperately try to cling to other people's hockey careers <laughs> through <Yep>. a podcast, <laughs> <laughs> living vicariously through Goldie right now. Yeah,
0: oh. Like he's going off to his best college years now, and we just be like, "Hey, so let us know when your games are. Let us know about this. How is this happening?" So he didn't know what he was signing up for when he signed up for this podcast, but
3: uh, yeah, uh, it's loving of- every minute of it.
0: <laughs> couple old goalies trying to grasp onto the final threads. Of- <laughs> it
1: sounds like my knees, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Same here, brothers.
0: But uh. No, Blake, that's like a really impressive junior career. Um, I, seriously, from the moment I looked at your profile and I saw Shattuck St. Mary's, that alone, just getting into Shattuck St. Mary's alone is quite the feat. And then to see you went from Shattuck St. Mary's to the, you know, the U.S. National Development Training Program. And I tell you what, going from Shattuck St. Mary's and the National Development Training Program, and then you also had time with Tri-City and the USHL before moving on to the NOL with Janesville. Mm-hmm. you've had to play with some pretty top-notch talent. Do you want to drop any of those names here?
2: Uh, yeah, sure, sure. I, I was really lucky. My, my team at the, the National Team Development Program, we were, um, we were pretty stacked. So we had, uh, like, Jack Eichel, Dylan Larkin. Um, let's see who else. We had Noah Hannafin, uh, Alex Tuck, Sonny Milano, uh, we had Austin Matthews played up with us for a bit. Cal uh, Connor played with us for a bit. Um, oh, there's there's a lot of other really good players, but um, yeah, off the top of my head, those were some of the some of the guys. So it was a uh, yeah, we were pretty loaded, so it was, made my job pretty easy. I was just hanging out for the most part.
0: <laughs> Sounds like it. Honestly, between yeah. Alex Tuck and Jack Eichel, I take Alex Tuck all day long. <laughs> but, but, uh, but you had all that time with Shattuck St. Mary's and a lot of time there in USH on the Null. So what were some of the key elements that helped you succeed and play at such a high level of junior hockey? And how did that prepare you for college hockey?
2: Yeah, I would say uh, the biggest thing that, that I learned was just uh, mental toughness and learning how to just keep on growing and to keep on learning and developing and, you know, taking each day as an opportunity to prove yourself. Um, you know, I think there's that kind of one of those, you know, one of those quotes, where It's like, as soon as you think you've arrived, you're behind. And just to mm-hmm. think it's, it's a constant, um, drive to keep getting better each day and, and keep on improving. And, um, I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, um, you know, I think we all, we all know it, um, But, you know, sometimes you don't realize, you don't feel that pressure necessarily. And I was able to feel that pressure at that age, which was, which was awesome. Um, and, you know, taught me kind of how to go about as a professional and, uh, and yeah, I think that was, that was the biggest thing, you know, obviously the higher up you get in hockey, you know, the more of a grind it is. And, um, and the, the more of a business it is as well and, and learning how to, uh, not only survive that, but thrive in that and really enjoy it. And so that's what I would say would be the, you know, the biggest things that I learned.
0: That's amazing. Cause I mean, it was, again, looking at your junior career, um, I think Steve said it perfectly envious. Was, uh, <laughs> uh, what we felt like just the, the places you played that the players you got to play with um, uh, absolutely incredible, but that launched you into college hockey. And yeah. uh and, yeah. and a pretty impressive college program.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Blake, you, you've, you've had the opportunity to play for uh, an NCAA team in, uh mm-hmm. in Kinesis. And then you moved on to the youth sports up in Canada for Lakehead university. W- what were the, what were the kind of differences that you, that you noticed out of those two programs? Yeah, I would say um, very, very different programs. I
2: absolutely love both of them. I would recommend both programs to anybody. Um, just great places and uh the ncaa is it's it's a lot i would say tighter um like the hockey style um you know it's a lot more defensive you're not getting a a ton of on-man rushes you're not getting you know like crazy plays and stuff necessarily all the time you know it's pretty systematic hockey for the most part um which is um you know the games are you have a lot more two-to-one games you know Mm -hmm. um and so it's it's a really fun, exciting stand, um, brand of hockey in the sense that every game is pretty tight, and you know anybody can be anybody in, on any given night. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd say in, in youth sports, it's a lot more wide open, a lot more um, you know, kind of like crazy plays, you know, breakdowns, and and the, the talent levels is, is is really high. You know, I I think in um, our COVID year, we had like so many players at Sports. some schools were leaving like six guys to go play in the American League or the ECHL so you know they're pro quality players um mm-hmm. like in Sports. so it's, the hockey is is really top notch but it's just it's pretty wide open it and that's more like run and gun style and so um you know I think for for a lot of fans it's like super exciting um but it's uh yeah it definitely it taught me a lot you know I was uh unfortunately I was I Transferred there and had to sit out. I had a redshirt year. The next year got canceled due to due to COVID. And then the year after that, um, we had a really short schedule. So I was there for three years, but, you know, really only got to play like a half a season. So that was a bummer, but I still absolutely loved it there.
3: Yeah, no, I, I know we had talked a lot during that time about, you know, mm-hmm. just what was going on in the world and stuff like that. And, uh, and you know, both of us weren't getting – getting to play because obviously our seasons got canceled or postponed and moved. And it was a lot of that time of just, Hey, how do we stay sharp in the off season? And cause it became a long off season for everyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we definitely talked during that. I know that Chris is super, super pumped that you uh, that you played yep. out of Buffalo.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that he's got a couple of, a couple of questions to test your oh, Buffalo yeah. knowledge here.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah, yeah, it.
0: yeah. These are the surprise questions here, but uh, really they're all off the cuff. I just wrote one thing on my page and that's wings, baby. And so (laughs) you spent three, four years there in the Buffalo area playing at Canisius. Okay. Mm -hmm. Where did you go get the best wings?
2: So, you
0: know, there's that always
2: that, that debate, Duffs or anchor bar. When it comes down to that, I'm a Duffs guy personally. Okay. Um, but as far as like my, you know, where I'd go, uh, most often i lived in, uh, primarily in Elmwood. Okay. And so, um, so, you know, I'd, I'd stick in the neighborhood for the most part, but so, um, Gabriel's gate was a really good wings place, uh, that okay. I like to, to frequent. And then, uh, 40 thieves was another place. They had 50 okay. cent wings on Sundays. So for Bill's games, uh, you know, a lot of us, we'd, we'd head over there for 50 cent wings and, um, it was 50 cent wings and. There was another deal i want maybe like mozzarella sticks or
0: something i'm yeah. not
2: sure i i couldn't tell you but it was for a college student it was heaven
0: that's <laughs> <laughs> a buffalonian wings are heaven i'm so glad you oh, yeah. wings and, not, and not buffalo wings so that was you passed that test just listening to it <laughs> um because they're they're just wings and so i i tell people it's really hard outside of Buffalo to find a great place that does really good wings and, mm-hmm. and, you know, been to like over 40 countries now and lived in like nine different cities uh, worldwide. Mm-hmm. And I would say that there's only weird, weirdly one place ever that I found not only did wings incredible, but I'd have to say had a slight edge, even on anything I'd ever had in Buffalo. And it's going to sound absurd, but it was actually just outside oxford england and it was this little bar i used to frequent which was twice a week for me because once i found a place with good wings outside of buffalo <laughs> i basically lived there so i knew all the staff <laughs> and the owners personally uh but it was a it was called the old auctioneer and it was in banbury england and oh i absolutely just destroyed their wings routinely um <laughs> you to uh, text that to me afterwards so i can uh
2: I might have to you know voyage over there Oh a yeah, it's a,
0: it's a great place, and then to, you know play some hockey over there, like uh, <laughs> like yeah, they've got what I I was a big Coventry Blaze fan because that was the closest mm-hmm. team to to, mm-hmm. to um England there, so got got to know some of the boys out of there and Nottingham as well because we got to know some of the boys out of Nottingham when they would come travel. Um, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a the English ice hockey, and I think this this stands for Europe too, Steve. I think we've talked about this on a previous podcast ice hockey fans out of Europe are just built different. They're built like basically football fans, uh, soccer slash football. Yeah. And so they go nuts at the games. They come there on buses and they go all to the one section of the, of the stadium and they do their chance the whole game. And so the home teams obviously outnumbers the away fans. And so they go nuts with their chance. So it's just, it's this football atmosphere at a hockey game. Mm. Um, and, uh, and I've had European friends, especially ones that come out of Switzerland, uh, attend like NHL games. And they're like, it's it's they said the atmosphere in an NHL game is dead. Mm-hmm. They said, what are the fans doing? They sit there and they drink their beer and, you know, they or I guess they're twenty five dollar beer. <laughs> um, and does somebody and, have like hey, a waterfall of that,
1: Chris, You know, because let's talk about that is about the expense of food items and beverages oh. as well as tickets. Because it's through uh, the roof. So, in oh, defense mm-hmm. of uh, North American fans, yeah, you're concentrated, not spilling any of that beer. Like uh, <laughs> yeah. it takes focus. You yeah. can't be chanting and one one spillage, man. That's like three bucks. So that's not happening.
0: Yeah, and I'll never live down when I was at a. Uh, actually, I was at a Senators game with my buddy, and it was a Boston Ottawa game because I was a Buffalo fan. He's a you know, Boston fans. So we'd go to each other's games to support each other against the senators fans. Cause they could get pretty violent. <laughs> um, and so we were sitting two rows from the ice and I told him, I'm like, yeah, because right where the netting cut off, I'm like, if a puck comes over, I'm totally catching it. <laughs> and you know, he remembered that because about 15 minutes later, I'm sitting there. I just got a fresh beer. And sure. Shit. A puck flew over the glass and I had just sat down and I had one hand with my food and one hand with my beer. And the kid behind me, who was like 15 years old, just grabs a puck over my shoulder. And I'm like, son of a bitch. And my buddy looks at me. He's like, oh, I'm going to grab a puck if it comes over here. I'm like, shut up. I'm like, I'm not, you know how much money I have in my hands right now? I could just buy a puck. You know? it's, it's like a $30 investment at, at the rink right there for like a hot dog and a beer. So. I, I bypassed on the puck. Uh, I remember Andrew Raycroft was in that random fact. I don't know why that's what I remember, but I remember Raycroft was in that for Boston. <laughs> so it shows how long ago that game was, but, um,
1: dear but, God, yeah. Uh, D Pietro was still playing, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, I actually was, I was in Garmish park in Kirk and when he was playing with, uh, them in in Dell too. So I'm still a big D Pietro fan. I, I, you know, forget
1: all the No, hands. I 100% feel bad for that guy. Like, that's not a great injury, way man. to go out with injuries, no. right? And, no. you know, they can make fun of the contract all you want. <clears throat> you know, it was trying to lock down what was a premier goalie early on in the career. Yep. But just, uh, unfortunately, uh, injuries come with being attendee, unfortunately. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, all know yeah. that for sure. yeah. <laughs> everybody grabbing their groin, their knee and their hip all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: At twenty three I'm literally our, doing that at our joints. Yeah. yeah. At twenty-three year <laughs> old of our joints are like, you know, a 90-year-old, you know. Doctors it like always... Did you did you get into
1: a car accident? No, I'm a goalie. <laughs> yeah, I purposely purposely chose to eat rubber for a living. Yep. Hey, on a side note, there, Heath, I was ready for you to do the, to do the USA chant when you said soccer. Oh, it's not football. That's soccer.
3: <laughs> oh, it's it is it's it's soccer, hundred uh, percent. But I'm not going to do the USA chant right now. <laughs>
0: USA, USA, USA. I'll do it right here. I'm right next to Sweden. What are they going to do? when beat us again? So I'm 30 nah. minutes. I'm a 30 minute train ride from Sweden. <laughs> oh, uh, geez. Steve, you're up, brother. A millimeter.
3: <laughs> I learned what a millimeter was.
1: Hey, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> Last season, you went pro, buddy. <laughs> Playing with Team LeClaire in three ice and the FPHL's at Mississippi Seawolves. How were those experiences?
2: Oh, they were both. They were both awesome um starting with three ice that is like i think one of the coolest things that someone can do during the off season um you know a a pro player someone coming out of college um it it was such a blast i know this year is a little bit different with the with the format um but last year was basically they uh for for nine weeks or eight eight regular season weeks and then one playoff weekend um they fly out on friday to whatever city you're going to play in uh you play Saturday and then they fly you home Sunday, and um, so you're like basically just on the road every weekend with with your buddies and just getting to play hockey. So it was it was so much fun, um, and I you know playing for John LeClair, you know like a Flyers legend, was such a cool experience and just getting to pick his brain and and um, you know he's just a, a world class player and, and an even better person. So it's that was just such a blast. And, you know, he was, he was incredible. And then, so that that was super fun experience. And then that ended in, in August, unfortunately I had to, uh, had to rehab an injury after that. And, um, and I kind of was just thinking what's next. And so I got in contact with Joe Pace in Mississippi and uh, he was, he was running the team down there as the CEO and um, just through like mutual friends. And, um, kind of told him my situation and, uh, you know, he was, he was, you know, kind of offered me a spot to come down there and play. And, um, you know, it's an expansion team. And so, you know, things are going to be a little bit, you know, travail Um And, uh, but it was such a fun place to be. The fans are incredible. Um, we had one mm-hmm. of the top attendances in the league as an expansion team. And so, um, you know, we got a ton of support. And, um, yeah, the first half of the season, we were pretty much kind of just going through it, um, you know, learning how to play as a team and, and, you know, we were on the road a ton and, and busing from Mississippi to like New York, you know, those are 20 to 30 hour bus trips. And so, um, so that was pretty, you know, that's another, uh, you know, kind of little bit of, uh, adversity, you know, you're coming off the bus after 25 hours of whatever it may be, and then got to throw on the equipment. And, go out there and try to get a W so you know we all learn how to try to do that and um first half we struggled a ton and that second half we really figured it out and uh and yeah so it was, it was a great experience I I love it down there in Mississippi the fans the people the players you know my teammates are incredible um you know some of them are I would consider you know like really really close friends now and um Joe Pace puts on you know a, a, just a, a great place to play and um and actually, I think one thing a lot of people don't, you know, unless you've been there, that they don't understand about Southern Mississippi is that the beaches are super beautiful. They're like white sand beaches. So it's, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like a resort destination almost. So, um, so yeah, so my fiance is actually moving down with me this year, too. So that'll be her first time coming with me. So that'll be exciting.
0: Nice. Right, that's awesome. Yeah. I've been down to Mississippi. I, I've been down there a couple times now, specifically Biloxi oh yes yeah that's where we're at yeah okay yeah so uh been down there several times and 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 trained down there for for months at a time so mm-hmm. um quite familiar with biloxi and and the white beaches and i think the first time i was ever at biloxi we got hit with a hurricane like a week oh. after i moved there and so we were in a shelter for a few days so that was my 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 true introduction to uh the gulf was yeah. uh it was hurricane George's. So again, another time I get to date myself there, but, um, but yeah, living in the shelter for a few days. it uh, was, was none too fun, but, uh, yeah, it is a beautiful area down there in Mississippi. And, um, uh, the fact that they have hockey down in such a, a nice area is, uh, even better. So, um, leaving the rink must always be kind of a, you know, what am I actually you know, like, especially playing up there, not only in, in Thunder Bay, but Buffalo, mm. um, coming out and seeing that when you leave a rink. Um, oh yeah. It's, it's got to be a change mm-hmm. of after a few years.
2: It's a little bit of a trip when, when you come out of practice and there's just people like on spring break, like right across the street, just like on the beach <laughs> and you're like, wait, you know, like what's going on here is, is it hockey season or is it vacation? You know? So, uh, but you get used to it and you know, you, it's a, uh, it becomes pretty easy to, you know, be able to flip that switch between uh you know, when it's time for work and when it's time to relax.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so so even if you're not able to go down there to Biloxi, enjoy that spring break state of mind, you can still escape into a vacation state of mind. Whether I want to listen to Queen or Dropkick Murphys on repeat, or just need to retreat inside my own head for a bit, I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. There's so much going on all summer, sometimes you need to some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people, or stay calm with some guided meditation before you hit the crease. For me, my Raycons allow me to train at the gym without fear of wires distracting my rhythm, but even more often, just walking around Copenhagen while listening to some of my favorite podcasts. The earbud tap function allows me to toggle between three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and awareness mode. Let me tell you right now, Raycons are the best way to listen, as they come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit, and have a 32-hour battery life, including 8 hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want when you want for a really long time. They start at half the price of premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. So create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, Pigeon Hockey Podcast listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash thpn. That's buyraycon.com slash thpn to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash thpn. So boys, if you can't make it down to Mississippi, you can still escape into that vacation state of mind.
3: So Blake, I know this, uh, but our listeners don't. Uh, you founded a nonprofit uh, called One Puck at a Time. Um, tell us a little bit more about how that works and how people can get involved with that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is something that founded must have been about two, getting up on two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically it's founded just to allow goaltenders to um, you know, combine their passion, their love for hockey, as well as whatever, you know, positive differences or nonprofits that they, um, you know, that they're passionate about as well. And um, so, yeah, so basically the, the premise of it is that when a goalie signs up um, for the program, they'll pledge a dollar um, of their own money for every save that they make during that season to a specific cause that they're passionate about. And so, um, yeah, so that was pretty much just the, the basis and what I, I founded it on. And um, it's a registered Canadian at the time I was living in Canada. So it's a Canadian nonprofit. And uh, we are now a registered U.S. nonprofit and brought things down south here. And um, and yeah, so it's it's uh, I, something that I've had just a tremendous amount of, um, you know, fulfillment and joy doing. And, you know, I've been so fortunate to have Heath come on board and be such a passionate and uh member and and you know i'm so so grateful for that and um yeah it's been it's been an awesome journey and um this summer unfortunately i was actually unable well i was in a only had one arm available so uh kind of had to put things on hold for about six weeks until i get out of the sling but uh uh yeah so now we're moving forward getting geared up bringing on corporate sponsors for this next season and um you know if anybody that's interested um you can look us up on on social media we're just at one puck at a time or our website's just onepuckatatime.com and uh, a lot of information on there and uh yeah, yeah we love to have new people get involved you know we have all different um avenues and you know capacities where people can get involved so um but yeah so uh, you know i appreciate you know you guys giving me a platform to talk about this today so thank you for
3: that of course, of course. It's it's definitely something that we wanted to uh, talk about because I've, I've talked about it quite a bit. But, you know, I, I think I said last podcast that I was on, hey, we got to get Blake on here because, you know, he, <laughs> yep. he's the man who started it. Um, and so, you know, it's given me definitely an opportunity to, you know, outreach to the community. Um, you know, I'm reaching out to St. Jude's and, you know, I've had the Nevada St. Jude's reach out to me personally and thank me for the donations. And, you know, and hopefully now I'll be able to get in with, you know, other St. Jude's around the country um, being that I donate to St. Jude's whenever I make a save. So it, it definitely, it definitely allows us to use our, use our powers for good um, mm-hmm. as, as pigeonhole likes to say, um, you know, uh, so it's definitely something that we wanted to talk to you about and get, get, yeah. you know, out there within the hockey community, Um, and especially within the junior hockey community, you know, I did it last year and the year prior, um, for any junior hockey players listening that want to get involved, uh, definitely contact Blake, uh, or one puck at a time, go to our, go to the website and definitely try to get involved because it's definitely something good, good to do. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No. And it's, uh, I think, you know, hockey is such an incredible community and there's so many great things happening and you know, I'm sure if you guys have felt, you know, you get to meet so many really cool individuals. And yeah. um, I think it's, there's an opportunity to kind of rally about other causes, you know, outside of outside of hockey um, that, you know, I think we've all been, you know, had unfortunate things happen in our lives or to the ones around us. So there's, you know, things we hold near and dear to our hearts. And, uh, you know, I think this is, it's just an opportunity for people to to do what they love and also to, you know, contribute to those those causes. And so, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful for Heath and, um, you know, the other goalies that we've had that have signed up and, you know, donated their, their time and effort. It's been, um, you know, it's really been an honor. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for
3: having uh, me for sure.
0: Yeah. It's an amazing organization with, uh, with amazing causes and the fact that people can choose, um, what they want to support with, Mm -hmm. with their, with their each save is is important and so um and it's also really uh awesome that you also allow people to kind of match those so if mm-hmm. there are people that want to make that donation for every save that heath makes mm-hmm. they can match donations um you know not only for season but they can do that for game correct yeah
2: oh yes yes absolutely yeah. and that's um we actually did a little collaboration with another uh nonprofit called triumph together which is actually a, a, a good buddy of mine that I, I played junior hockey with Jack Gates started. And, uh, and, and he, he took that opportunity and was matching for specific games with specific goalies. And, um, and yeah, it was, you know, you know, obviously matching for a whole season can be a pretty daunting thing, but, you know, for a single game to, you know, cause that, that you're passionate about, um, you know, that every, every dollar, you know, can make a big difference with, with someone's life or an organization. And so, um, you know, even if it's just a couple dollars, you never know what that might might do for somebody or, or you know, a family or or whatever it may be.
0: Mm-hmm. No, it, it's a, it's a cool option because if somebody does want to donate, uh, but they you know they don't want to maybe match a, you know, six hundred save season, uh, they can choose mm-hmm. to be like, you know what, Heath is playing you know this the Stony Brook game and they're. They're facing off against an NCAA team, so we really want them to shut down. So we're going to match this game. They can choose, okay, Heat's playing this game, and I'm going to match, you know, every save here and, and donate that money to to the cause. So um, I think that's that's an awesome feature, and I think we need more of that in this world <laughs> um, uh, for for people to be able to look out for each other, uh, especially through these organizations and through what you started, one puck at a time. Mm-hmm.
2: I appreciate that. And, and, you know, you guys putting a spotlight on junior hockey. Junior hockey is such an interesting and unique thing to hockey as well, where, yes, yeah. um, you know, it's it's across the whole country of kids having their own experience of junior hockey, which is such a, a wild and exciting time. And, you know, I think you guys putting spotlight on on that, which is awesome. And then, you know, also on on these kind of causes, you know, I really applaud you guys. That's a that's a job well done by you guys.
0: Well, thank you. And I think that's one thing that like we've connected now with with guys like Heath and uh, with a bunch of you out there in the junior hockey world, like Sam Maluth, yeah, I a mean, mm-hmm. broadcaster there, uh, has never played hockey, but has been very passionate Sharks fan his whole life. And you know, and and we've connected with so many people through the podcast because you're right, junior hockey is so specific to mm-hmm. not only the league you play in, but the level of the league you play on, mm-hmm. and. And the organization you play in, because there's a lot of junior hockey players that have very good experiences out there. And, and unfortunately, there's a lot of junior hockey players that have very bad experiences out there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think being able to put that spotlight on junior hockey, because we are passionate about it on this podcast, and you mm-hmm. guys should be ready for the uh, the Pigeon Hockey Podcast Fantasy League that's mm-hmm. coming up. Um, in September, is we're gonna start our first. I think season four will literally be the start with two episodes, where we're just drafting players for our fantasy team. So no, let's go. You know, yeah. Spoiler alert. I'm already. I've already got 97 players identified. That oh, I got yeah. to team.
3: I gotta get to work. I got to <laughs> yeah, yeah. get to work.
0: God. I've, I've been you at You gotta it for,
1: send oh, me your list, dude, because <laughs> I am a soccer dad now, and I have no time.
0: Well, you know what I do. The, What's that a week and a, for a week and a half, two weeks, like there's some teams where it's a little bit easier because they, they're, they only have like right now, maybe like almost none to like maybe 12 public signings. And then you have teams like rock Springs and rogue Valley. Um, and Bakersfield. Who, yeah. <laughs> that are loaded with rosters and you just look at it and you're like, ah, oh, okay. I got to go through each player. And so, I've gone through every roster. Now I've looked at every player and I have 97 players identified, but now I go through the super, cause I find it fun for me. I'm that hockey nerd. Like if you mm-hmm. tell me, I have to repick the 2016 NHL entry draft or the 1995 NHL entry draft. I'm going to sit there and I'm just going to nerd out and I'm just going to go through stats. And so now I'm going to do it with these players. And I'm like, okay, up front, you look like I, you're a player I want on my team now i i'm running these (laughs) algorithms and these (laughs) things where i'm like now how do i think based off of how many play how many games the player played versus this versus this versus this this, do i think that this is going to now i i that's the thing i'm going on for the next few weeks until we lead into the actual draft until somebody snipes one of my players right out from under me like (laughs) but that's a fun part of the draft too is that i will go in with my strategy heath will go in with his strategy Steve, Sebastian, uh, Justin Monroe's joining us this season as well. Um, you know, and, and Sam, we're all going to go with our own personal strategies. And, you know, that could be, you know, I want a bunch of forwards first. I'm going to go after D first, or I'm going to go after this first, or I'm going to go after a goalie, then a forward, then it, everyone's going to go with their own strategies. And the second you start seeing other people drop their picks, your strategy changes immediately. Cause mm-hmm. you're like, oof, I'm seeing where other people are going. I might, Like uh, if everyone's grabbing a forward out the gate and no one's going after goalie, I'm like, Oh, I feel like my forwards might get sniped. So I'm going to change up my strategy. But when you do that, you might not know the next person's boom. They're going to snipe the goalie you wanted first. So it's, I think it's going to be fun. And again, it puts the spotlight on the players, Blake. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. why we do it. It's not really for us. We're going to talk shit all season. Um, um, And also does somebody have something like running water in the background right now? I, uh,
2: you know, the uh, the apartment building I'm at. I believe there's someone out cutting the grass
0: outside. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I apologize about that. No, it's all right. I just couldn't pick up what the sound was. The focus is to really put that attention on the on the players playing junior mm-hmm. hockey to get them that attention to the next level because we know for a fact that this podcast has definitely um, got players to the next level up. Mm -hmm. Um, From the coaches that reach out, the GMs that reach out, uh, the players' parents and the players themselves that reach out. There are players that weren't noticed before that get noticed because the podcast put a spotlight on them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I even had one coach directly tell me, he's like, yeah, I just typed in junior hockey months ago and your podcast came up. So I started listening and I didn't know any of these players on the West Coast. (laughs) He's like, but now I suddenly was like, he keeps bringing up specific players. So he's like, I started looking up the players, and I'm thinking about recruiting some of them now because I had no idea who they were before. Yeah. Um, but now, now, now my eyes are on them. So you're 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 bringing attention to players on the West Coast that would normally not get maybe a, a spotlight put on them. So that's the goal. That's basically the goal and the focus of the the fantasy league is obviously we all want to win. Um, and thankfully, uh, Brendan Price, who destroyed us last year. Uh, will not be joining us this year.
1: Um, oh, he's scared.
0: Yes. Got one, oh, he's,
1: got he's, one he's, W and he's taken off.
0: He's running scared. He's like, you know, <laughs> one and done, baby. One and done. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brendan, if you hear this, you're running scared because you haven't joined us. So, you know, join us. All right, boys, before we continue talking about that, let's talk about another one of this episode's sponsors, DraftKings. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. In Massachusetts, call 800 327 5050 or visit gamblinghelplineMA.org. ma.org. In New York, call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369. In Kansas, call 1 800 522 4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resorts, Kansas. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for prom gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See sports sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance, one boost per eligible game, opt in required, max bet $50, 10 plus legal requirements for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. But let's break back now into just talking about our just-for-fun USPHL After Dark Fantasy League. It, it, it's a lot of fun. It's, you know, you have to, there's rules to it. and I'm, You know, because like, if, if no, no one can see the video right now, but I'm wearing my Ogden Mustangs t-shirt um, that I got from Best Fans in the USPHL shirt that I got when I was living there. And we had, like, uh, Michelle on last year who was a big Pueblo person. And, of course, Brendan was a big Noco person. And what I didn't want was people to fill up on, you know, um, their – is somebody clipping something now too? No. Steve?
1: Uh, Absolutely not, dude.
0: What the hell is that noise? Anyway. Um <laughs> but, Chris, you're turning
1: you're turning into the, the crusty old man. Oh god. What's, no, that, like those, what's that annoying those, sound over there? Those
0: two old guys in what the the Muppets? I'm one yeah, of those exactly, two old guys yeah. in the theater.
1: Uh, yeah, exactly it. <laughs> That's me but, and Chris, by the way. I'm gonna have to Photoshop <laughs> our heads on there now, Chris.
0: Oh please do. Um <laughs> But, uh, Actually, you
1: know what? I'll 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 have to find a picture of me with my old bucket on and you with your mask on, man, and I'll Photoshop yeah. that on top.
0: That's <laughs> dude. We got to do that. We've got to do that. I have got a bunch of like I had some great pictures taken of me when I was playing, so fortunately I got those because I look at them now and I just kind of whimper. I'm like, <laughs> I used to be one, but no. I, I I'm hopefully my my old ass knees can get back into the blue crease. But no, I think it, it's a it's a good focus for the players and uh, and players. If you're not drafted. Don't take it personally. It doesn't mean we didn't, you know, have you scouted in terms of a player we wanted, but there's a strategy to it. So if Heath is playing on Fresno and I pick up Heath, I can't pick up, you know, Blengino. I can't pick up, you know, Miraldo. I can't pick up anybody uh, because I've, I've already picked up Heath and Heath plays for Fresno. Right. So, um, OK, was that a bird? Am I crazy? <laughs> I think that
3: was a dog toy. Chris. Yeah, no, no that's. I'm oh, sorry. I have, I have
0: a puppy, so he's. Oh no, he's
1: that's great. We love. That's awesome. You know what though? I'm laughing here now. I'm going to just start making sounds in the back background just to see, just to see Chris be like, "Is that a blunder?"
0: <laughs> well, we had a when 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 Sebastian was on regularly, he had a dog as well, and of course the dog was always like would always snap randomly because it's a dog, right? So something's outside the window. It's like. It would go off. And so Mm -hmm. you know. And then he was then, of course, now he has a whole baby. And uh he's like, Ah, you know, I don't want the baby to cry when we're on the podcast. And I'm like, Eh. I'm like, it's the dogs and the children. And like Steve, I've literally there's a couple podcasts, if anyone goes back to the originals, like the like first season episodes, when you can literally hear Steve's daughters fighting ferociously you can hear Steve's like disdain as he's trying to just continue with the podcast <laughs> and he's, and you can hear the utter screaming. And, and of course, then I'd have to pause it because Steve's like, Chris, stop, pause. I got to deal with this. And I just sit there while you could, you could hear the yelling and then the crying. And then he'd come back in and he'd calm down. He's like, all right, break back into it. what are we talking about? I'm like, uh, the San Jose Sharks Jersey. He's like, okay. Oh <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So the teal Jersey. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, so it's great. And so, Blake, being able to bring you on and, and be able to talk about your organization and maybe some junior hockey players out there um, or even some junior hockey fans want to support goalies that are out there. Like if there's anybody who's a big Heath Goldsmith fan and wants to support Heath as he moves on to Stony Brook. Uh, and any other goalies you have out there, including you, Blake, um, that want to match per game or for the season, they can do that. And if there's a goalie out there that wants to be part of the organization, they can do that as well. That's, you know, the more goalies, the better, honestly, if the world was run by goalies, we'd be stopping everything. Right. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. But this is kind of the second half of the episode boys, where, uh, there's no more questions left. Blake, we just kind of, uh, maybe shoot the shit about goalie stuff. Yeah. um, Sounds perfect. And and Steve always has something perfect for this moment.
1: Arizona's (laughs) got a lot going on right now.
0: Uh,
1: Arizona.
3: Arizona's looking like a a good team this year, maybe.
1: Well, get Cooley. Like, okay, so it's got to be addressed. Like, Cooley, when I saw him at training camp, you know, and I, I think I mentioned this before, I've gone to previous training camps where you've had guys stand out a little bit, but the Coyotes training camp, My good my goodness, they got a big squad. They're gonna have a huge defense in a couple of years, just massive. But Cooley out there was just levels above, like that. You know, the US developmental program is just doing it right. He looked phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So it just calms down because the whole reason he didn't want to sign because he was worried about the arena deal, which had just been announced today that they just yeah, coyotes are putting in the offer to buy land in Mesa. I was just so saying that. Can, but that's why they got Cooley to come here because they're like, look, it's going to get done. We just got to figure out the, the way of doing it, <laughs> not to leave it at the stupid people in a vote. Uh, so, with anybody all their... ever,
0: anybody else ever watched Never Ending Story? <laughs>
1: no.
0: anybody? <laughs> Am mm-hmm. I that old, Steve? Do you know Never
1: Ending Story? I know Never Ending, never Ending right. Story.
0: It's I, like the Never and Ending and, Story I, of Blake, Buffalo Blake game in Heath the playoffs.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: damn. Damn,
1: Ouch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I. Mm, okay. <laughs> and
1: Chris's blood pressure just uh, went least, up. And... At least we
0: have an arena that's on
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call that much uh. an arena, but hey. Hey, hey. Um, hey, hey. I like my <laughs> arena. Yeah. Well, the Coyotes, they're going to be the sleeper team this year that nobody's banking on because it, it, it's, it's so funny instead of just watching the talent that's on the ice, you know, people are just running their mouths that don't watch them. Right. But this is what makes me laugh about some pundits too. Right. They're looking at last season, but the coyotes were playing decent hockey, you know, from January on, Yep. you know, they were interfering with a lot of teams trying to push for the playoffs. And that was with a team that was, you know, pretty much new together. And, you know, there's new pieces. Like, it's not easy to jump right on in. But somebody like Kerfoot, who's used to playing, you know, sec- can bounce between second and third line, he'll be fine. Just give him a couple, just give him about, a, you know, two, three games, and then he'll be doing his role properly. But they, they're young talent. You know, Keller is coming to his own. You know, he's playing great hockey. Hayton is coming into his own as well as a center. Uh, Michelli would have He would have been pushing for that call there last year Had it not been for his injury But you don't hear much talk about it because it's Arizona So I think after this season You're going to see that narrative flipped a bit When they're really pushing You know you, you know, Other teams that are looking for playoff squads Yeah. So that one's interesting Um Well considering
0: it's goals against average What are your, you know, like let's focus on the goalies How do you see your goalie situation there in Phil Milka
1: and Ingram Phil Both top,
0: top
3: 20 goalie In the NHL right now, but he doesn't get get the respect because he's in Arizona.
1: Well, but Ingram, too, came, you know, his game picked up. The the whole Arizona team was shaky at first because the defense wasn't solidified, which they don't have a look at their defensive core. They're now Goldie Mm -hmm. Uh, adding Jersey and Dumba was not too shabby along with some big, strong veterans back on the blue line and a few young guys, right? And so that's some,
3: that's some heavy hitters on your blue line now. Yeah, that's yeah a, exactly it. guys, It's going to it's gonna, it's gonna protect
1: those goalies, going exactly. back to the goals <laughs> against the average podcast that we're on currently. Yeah, yeah, Ayo. exactly it. And then, like I said, look at Ingram's stats towards the end of the year. He was pushing Vilmelka for a starting spot. So again, they're sleeping on. If Ingram can repeat his play towards the end of last season, this season, they've got a good tandem. Mm-hmm. they have got a really good tandem. So, cuz that's your sleeper team. Um Yeah. You what's know, it, what's, it, what's your
3: thoughts on what's your thoughts on uh on the Habs picking up uh oh, I'm blanking on his Petrie. name. No, no. DeSmith. Smith? Yeah, DeSmith. Smith. What, what's your thoughts on that? They've they've got a full goalie room now. I think they got like six guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're they're well, look at what just look at the trade first and we'll talk about the goaltending situation. Um Hughes is a freaking genius like we we mm-hmm. turn around we trade Petrie to get a first rounder right we get him back at half the cost <laughs> and we pick up a goalie that we're going to we're going to trade a goalie here it's happening you know that's a hundred percent going to happen because what's going on too that people don't realize is primo this year out of camp he's got a clear waivers to go down now If his games improved, like two years ago, taking Lavelle, I think they went to the conference finals or they go to the finals. I can't remember, but he did well there, but last season kind of shaky a bit again. Right. So somebody may claim him off waivers because he's a young, young tendy. Right. Mm -hmm. So that may happen. If that happens, well, now you need somebody down on Lavelle. So, you know, that, that's part of that situation, but I don't know how true these rumors are, but so far, Nobody Hughes has not reached out directly to the Smith and Petrie to welcome them on. They welcome on the one prospect they pulled on over. So that just leads us to believe that Petrie's on his way out, and so is the Smith to another team. But mm-hmm. we'll see. It could be it could be Jake Allen, but I doubt it. He loves Montreal, but we'll just have to see. You know, with that. Um, but Montreal is another team that people were crapping on. Two injury-plagued seasons, like in the the last COVID season, uh you know, before after the playoff run, they set the record for most man hours lost to injury, and then beat that last season. But Montreal was in a playoff spot in November until Sean Monahan went down injured, and then it just took off again, just injury after injury. Mm-hmm. So I say the Habs are going to make the playoffs. No, but if they get back to that fun brand of hockey, I can't wait to I can't wait to watch it. You know, so. Yeah. Um, but more cool. interesting to me is Pittsburgh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the oldest team, okay, in the NHL. Got older. Yes, exactly it. And they they literally have got a one to two year window, and then they have to blow this up because your team's old. You know, I did something. I think it's you're giving them a two. You're giving them a two year window to to get to pull something together. Yeah, before they blow it up. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm giving
3: them a season. This is a this is a this is a season move where it's like, all right, we're going to blow it up after this year. Cause I mean, you got to think about Crosby, not wanting to just tank. And that's where they're at after this year in my eyes.
1: Well, yeah. And I've, I've said it, you know, when it comes to trading players, right. Because you teams will just hang on to a superstar forever. Right. Mm-hmm. Crosby got still some good years left in him. Cause he put up his best points at his age. He's just that mm-hmm. consummate professional, right? Yeah. Crosby's going to Crosby it, but I was predicting he was going to be possibly traded to the Avalanche to play alongside of McKinnon with their captain Landeskog out of the way, mm-hmm. but he's the one that's going to fetch you the most if you trade him on off to rebuild because again they just gave up another first round pick to get Carlson. Like you, you've got nothing left to build yeah. off of, so there's yeah. got to Dubis is not a moron, you know. He had to have obviously sat down with Crosby and Crosby said, "No, I think we've got one more left in the tank," you know. Mm-hmm and agreed hey well okay we'll try to build around your your core again this year and see how it goes but my goodness when you're that depleted you've got to start building it back up so a buddy of mine who's a huge Pittsburgh fan said they'll never trade Crosby I'm like you know how many people we heard that about Gretzky Mm -hmm. got traded Gretzky can get traded anybody can and Crosby's not the type of selfish player that's going to look and say well I'm going to stay here you know and take up spots he'll turn the love on over to Pittsburgh, say, yeah, get what you can for me, rebuild. And, you know, he'll be part of that when he retires. Right. Mm -hmm. And also he wants to win. Come on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He wants to. And so he'll want to go to a contender and, you know, would you not want to play along your alongside your buddy, Nate, Nate McKinnon, who you practice with all the time off the ice, you train with all the time. And it's got the exact same type of winning attitude. Like those two Mm -hmm. together would be on believable. Yeah. so uh, we'll throw this one over to Blake. Who do you think's got oh. the best goaltending tandem right now in the end?
2: Best goaltending tandem? You know, I uh, – that's such an interesting thing. So I I think Bob Rossi coming off um, the playoff run he had, I think he's going to be determined this next season. I believe they got Stolarz is going to be backing him up too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually like Stolarz a lot. Like seeing him play for the Ducks – Um, I thought he was excellent. You know, he moves super well for his size. I think he reads the play really well. I feel like they could be kind of like a sleeper tandem. Um, You also got Knight
1: there pushing to get back in. You do. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. I I know Knight was, I I believe he participated in development camp. Um, Yep. Yep. And so that, you know, I'm sure that was great for him to get back in and, you know, I hope, I hope he's doing really well. And, um, you know, obviously I know he had some, some personal struggles and, Um, but you know, he, he's shown, you know, he's, he's obviously a really, you know, tough guy. So I think, you know, he'll come back with, with a lot, um, you know, a lot of energy and and ready to kind of tackle things. So I think actually Florida, they could be looking really good in the crease this next year. Um, and I'm trying, you know, honestly, I think this year's going to be kind of interesting, you know, Tampa Bay, just with Vasilevsky, I don't know if I'd really consider that the best tandem, but I would say that's probably the best goaltending situation. Um, and, uh, and, I'm, you know, honestly, I mean, it's, you know, again, you know, and I'm sure Heath will see it up there with, you know, um, Chester Yurkin and Sorokin up there. And I mean, I, maybe the Islanders, honestly.
3: Uh, Islanders, Islanders yeah. honestly have a really good tandem with Sorokin and Varlamov being yeah, able to bring both it, those right? guys back for like five years. I think, uh, Sorokin's eight and Varlamov's five, four or five years on that contract now. So, that those two guys are both starters. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah. That so right there, honestly. Yeah. yeah that's, no, uh... those guys and the way Sorokin ended the season was insane. I mean, I don't think you can overlook a team like New York with, uh, with and, and quick there. Cause quick mm-hmm. is a backup and as a mentor, you saw what he did in Vegas as a mentor, they won the cup. So, um, you never know what could come out of a quick that's pissed off that, you know, he got traded and moved. So you never know. um, if Quick somehow can play like anywhere near his level, even in 2019, that will be up there with the top tandems. as As long as Justerkin stays healthy and plays his game the way he does, yeah, no, that's that's a great
0: point. I think this is a great place to wrap this up, boys. Uh, we we could keep talking hockey for hours, and we probably will. Uh, but we again want to thank our special guest, Pro Netminder. For the FPHL's Mississippi Sea Wolves and founder of One Puck at a Time, Blake Wyrick, for joining us today. Thanks, Blake.
2: Of course. Thanks, boys. I really appreciate it. It was a blast.
0: No, it was a blast to have you on. Always like on these goals against the average episodes, it's it's us goalies talking goalie stuff, and that's what we love. And we're definitely excited to see you uh, recover from your injury and uh, be able to uh, hit the ice again next season. As uh, as we're goalies, we <laughs> we all have injuries at different times, so it's uh recovering from them and you know, getting back on the ice and getting back into that blue paint is uh, always, always key. So we also want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in to this latest edition of Pigeon Hockey's Goals Against Average. Be sure to follow us on social media to stay up to date and reach out to us if you're in the junior or collegiate hockey world and wish to get on a future podcast. This is the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Stephen Heath and Chris. Have a great
1: one, hockey fans. Have a great one.
0: And remember, listeners, always clear your crease.